This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Illini Choir Podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner here at State Farm Center as Illinois takes down Michigan State 75-66. They come back from a nine-point deficit in the second half. And we're going to talk a lot about the Baylor transfer tonight. Matthew Meyer with 19 points, career-high six blocks. Dane Danger, 20 points on 8 of 12 shooting. Uh, And Terrence Shannon really carried Illinois early in this game. Had 15 of his 17 points in the first 10 minutes. But Joey Wagner filling in for, for Derek Piper, who is under the weather a little bit. So get better pipes. Uh, so the best basketball analysis is not coming tonight. But this one's pretty easy to talk about because what a victory for Illinois to win its third straight game. We'll dive into why that has happened. But, Joey, I, I said before the game on, on TV with Andy Olson that if Illinois has any thought of, of getting in the Big Ten title race, this is a game you need to win at home against a Michigan State team that's pretty good. It's in the Big Ten race itself. These are the kind of games you have to win. you got to protect your home court. And it didn't look like they were for a while because it was kind of a layup line there for Michigan State. But resilience, toughness, and I think talent shined uh, late in the second half in this one. Yeah, I mean, that, the talent basically was, and we'll get into it, the two Baylor transfers in the second half were, I mean, they were really, really good, man. And they delivered on a very big closing run. Uh, yeah, I, I also think this game, Illinois needed to win this to back seems really dramatic and also maybe like early. I don't know, but like to just look like like they've looked like Illinois and the results have, have kind of bore that out against Wisconsin and then at Nebraska. But this one kind of felt like a, like it reinforced a little bit more what we've seen to, to go three in a row there and to get a big win over a Michigan State team that had won seven straight coming into this. So, yeah, I know you mentioned the Big Ten title race, and that's right, because basically everyone in the Big Ten loses some weird random game at some point. And Illinois is only two games out, by the way, a first place. But, like, even zoom out a little bit, take a step back, like, just a, a double bye, right? Like, to get in that top four, you needed to to do this and start to set up the, the shaping of what could be a, a schedule here that could allow a little bit of a run. Yeah, and, and, man, we'll dive into it of how this team has looked so different over the last three games, but – Man, you're glad you called the Baylor guys, right? I mean, what a performance for both of those guys, especially in the second half. Matthew Meyer had 14 of his 19, had 10 points during Illinois' uh, 18-4 to run, but even in the 14-2 to run, he had 10 points that completely changed the game, had a couple off the bounce. But those two threes, man, especially one with, with, a, a, Bay, with a Michigan State guy right in his face, that's why you got Matthew Meyer is when Terrence was struggling to get his offense going a little bit, you had another guy that, that could light the world on fire. And, and in two of the biggest wins of the season, 
Matthew Meyer has come up huge on the offensive end. Texas and now Michigan State uh, goes seven to twelve from the field, three of six from three to go on with six blocks. That length is showing on defense, right? When you can recover like Matthew Meyer has, like Coleman Hawkins has. He said he learned how to block shots because Coleman was blocking so many of his, and he's not used to uh, getting shots blocked. So he said he learned a lot about body control and everything uh, from Coleman, how to jump off one foot, two feet, whatever it is. Uh, But one of his best performances of the year, and I think this is the best stretch of his season by far overall, just as a player, offense, defense. He's been much better as a team player. And then Danger Man, he – he looked like a Michigan State post player. Looked like Nick Ward out there for for Illini fans who remember him tearing you up in the post. Dane Danger played, I think, a season high, thirty three minutes tonight, twenty points. I didn't have the best first half, Joey, defensively and on the glass, but boy, when they needed buckets outside of Terrence Shannon in the first half and, and Matthew Meyer, he was the guy uh, that that was giving Illinois a chance in the post when they were mostly getting crushed in the paint. Yeah, can we start with Meyer? Because that run in the second half, I mean, the three, you know, I'll say it. Dude, I kind of joked with, with you and Derek, like, Matt, like you put a quote like Matt Meyer's open, and you attribute the quote to Matt Meyer because Matt Meyer feels like he's open a lot of the time. And sometimes you're like, oh, Matt, that, that's not a shot. But when, when he's going, like, that's what it looks like. And that's, we saw it at Madison Square Garden. You've seen it here. Like, that's kind of the, the guy that you recruited offensively out of Baylor and, and he's, he's backed that up and he's really good in ISO man. And he and Brad Underwood both said more than a dozen, a dozen plays, uh, it was the same play. And, and the play was just to get Matt the ball. Like that's, that's what you need when, when Terrence Shannon had, I think two shot attempts in the second half after really a great first half. And then you, you get Dane danger down low, but yeah, man, that's I'm glad you called Scott drew. I guess. Did you call Scott drew? It's called, I mean, you probably called him at some point, but you're glad you, I bet you called the, the, the Waco of Texas numbers. Yeah, I'm sure Scott talked to, to Brad about these um, because they, they had a chance to keep Matt Meyer and, and Dane Danger obviously needed a change of scenery uh, after after injuries and just didn't play a lot there. Uh, and, and Brad, I remember two years ago when they played Baylor, he was just raving about that program, uh, about their toughness, about their defense. It was everything culture-wise that Brad Underwood wanted in his program. So I, I found it very notable that he went and stole two of – Scott Drew's players that went in the transfer portal. And I thought that showed tonight in a game, Joey, where you needed resilience, you needed toughness, you needed culture. I know that's a buzzword, whatever it is, but you needed veterans to step up. You had two guys here, one that played at Baylor a lot in Meyer and the other one in Dane Danger who really stepped up and and Terrence Shannon did it early. uh, While some of your other guys, your younger guys struggled uh, early in this game, whether it was Coleman early, um, whether it was R.J. Melendez getting beat up a little bit by A.J. Hogard. Jaden Epps wasn't much of a factor in the first half again, uh, but second half he was much better, including a, a big bucket late. Um, I thought all that stuff shined through. Uh, and, and both those guys mentioned, like, Matt has played in these big-time environments and, and played with a lot of pressure on him, whether it was the NCAA tournament or, or Big 12 championship runs. Uh, and Dane got to watch that. And he got to watch it last year, too, here at Illinois. So uh, I think that came in very, very valuable. Uh, and both those guys are really talented, right? Matthew Meyer was a top 100 recruit. Dane Danger was a top 100 recruit. Illinois is a more talented team than Michigan State right now, right? And, and Ty Rogers, who was a, a Michigan State target, uh, didn't even play much in this game, just eight minutes. Uh, it wasn't really a good eight minutes for him. But Luke Goody was another guy like – so it's weird. Like Underwood has flipped this thing, right? And they've done it in different ways. That's why I asked Tom Izzo a little bit about how Brad has built this thing. Tom really doesn't love the transfer portal. Brad really leaned into it. 
They're both good programs. It's two different ways of doing it, but the transfer portal really paid off for Brad today. Yeah, it did, and, and it paid off in both halves, right, with TJ turned Shannon in the first yeah. half, and, and those guys in the second half, uh, man, I completely lost my my train of thought there. What were we talking about? The transfer portal and uh, just the way they've built this, the the Baylor yeah. guys coming in, I think has been huge for them. And, and we've heard it for a long time here, Joey, that Matthew Myers a winner. It was kind of hard to believe that in the first couple months, right? Because there was some hero ball. But I thought Matt's post game was fun today. A lot different than the last time we had him at the podium after uh, a win, uh, which we remember he was talking about. Didn't like the way things were going, even though he had a good game that night. Didn't like what they were doing. Didn't like the vibes. That's when we started writing about the vibes are off. The vibes are good now because Matthew Meyer came out and really praised Underwood for for changing the the scheme, the offense, the defense, and seemed to think all those things were really, really good for the team. Uh, And he praised his coach for for pushing the right buttons with with the team. So uh, Matthew Meyer and Brad Underwood seem like they're in a much better place now and this team. Uh, is in a much better place right now. And I, I think you're getting the best math, My, Matthew Meyer right now. Uh, and, and he's – look what he can do for you these these last three games, whether it's needing to go get a bucket like tonight and getting a bunch of them or just playing team basketball the last couple of games, letting Terrence go do his thing. And then Terrence tonight saying, don't put me back in, coach. These guys are rolling. Uh, Brad Underwood said Terrence said that tonight. I think that's a sign of a team coalescing and coming together. Yeah, there's definitely an energy about them. And Tom Izzo said it. I mean, he mentioned connectedness with his team, and he clearly sees that out of this Illinois team right now. So you merge that with the, the talent. That was the point I'd forgotten earlier, Jeremy. Tom Izzo says this is the most talented team yeah. in the Big Ten. And I, mean, I agree right. with him. Yeah. yeah. I'm just... I just saw the athletic mock draft. Two Illinois players, no other Big Ten team has one. And Matthew Myers is a guy that's going to have a chance at the NBA if he hits threes uh, and defends like he is right now. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's the players meeting Brad. I think that there's a degree of that, right? When you have nine new faces, they've got to meet Brad uh, and kind of understand who he is. And I thought that one of the probably the more prominent points, Jeremy, that Brad made in his post game was, and he said it a number of times, like, no one's going to out-stubborn me. I mean, that's a direct quote he said. But then today he kind of thought it was interesting, his, his introspection, I guess, out of word. Uh, he kind, yeah. of, kind of looked into it and said, I am stubborn, but man, sometimes I, he, he likes to win too. He's stubborn about not wanting to lose. And he had to kind of accept that the schematic plan that they had in place, the five outs, the switch, everything, the press, everything that wasn't working. And it was in a really, really painfully glaring way. And in two weeks, three weeks, I said a month, Tom Izzo politely pushed back and it has not been a month, but it's, it's changed really quickly. And I, I think that's like Brad met them too. Yeah. And I think that's maybe a feeling out process and, and it's just the, the, the ebbs of it or the kind of the, the low points happened in rapid, rapid succession. And, and it just looked like they couldn't shake it, but they all met each other a, a little bit in the middle. And you're seeing that play out and, and chemistry and schematics and, and winning and points and all of those things. I just want to dive in a little bit more before we get into this huge, what Tom Izzo said uh, in response to us about this team uh, and how it's, you know, kind of coalesced. Illinois allowed zero three-pointers tonight. Zero. Uh, that That's scheme. Um, that's also Michigan State team that that was fine shooting long-range twos, and it worked for them for a long time. And 
Illinois was giving up a layup line in the first half. I didn't think Dane was very good in his drop coverage. I wanted to write about that actually tonight, and uh, I didn't think it was the night to do it, but he was 99th percentile at the rim in defense, according to Synergy, uh, and that surely wasn't the case in the first half, but I thought Illinois' guards were gambling, whether it was Shannon, Harris, Epps, kind of gambling trying to get steals, and you know, Walker and Hogart are too good. Um, and and that, I think that's something to watch moving forward is Jaden Epps, how does he defend? Sincere Harris, how do those guys defend bigger guards? We've seen Jalen Pickett, A.J. Hogard now uh, take advantage of, of just freshmen that are younger, not as mature physically. Um, but the second half, I thought they really clicked, uh, especially the last 15 minutes. But to to not allow a three-pointer uh, is fantastic by Illinois because Hauser can get going. Walker can hit them. Um, but that, that was huge for Illinois to do that. Uh, offensive rebounds were certainly an issue for Illinois in, in the first half, but they did correct that in the second half. They actually outscored Michigan State by eight in the paint in the second half. The other huge stat I want to bring up, five turnovers, Joey. Illinois, this is one of the worst turnover teams in the country through the first couple months of the season. During the last three games, 10 turnovers, 11 turnovers, five turnovers. And it's not only big for the offense and possessions, Joey, it's it's huge for the defense because you're not giving up fast break points. Illinois has allowed nine fast break points in the last three games. That is startling because this team was giving up, felt like 15 a night just on breakaway layup. So they're taking much better care of the ball right now, uh, and they're just more locked in, it feels like, for the most part. Um more consistently to the scouting report and, and making things difficult defensively. Yeah, Illinois had one turnover, Jeremy, in the second half. That was whew, Terrence Shannon Jr., and it came with 14:41 left. So for the final 14:41 of this game, and Illinois had to, to to put a second half together to come back, there were no turnovers. Uh, that is, as you mentioned, a stark difference from the, the play we've seen two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I mean, it, that Northwestern game, dude, was not that long ago. It wasn't. It feels kind of like forever ago a little bit in some weird way. Maybe not for everybody, but one turnover in the final 14. None of us do. Like I, I used when we were in Nebraska, I used St. Louis as kind of this like maybe starting point. I don't know if that's the right starting point or the wrong starting point. But when we left St. Louis, if you had said, hey, they're going to have one turnover in the final 1441 of a game against Michigan State. None of us would have believed that. Like that, It's just the flip is switched. Like it, it's, it's crazy how quickly it happened. Like that just doesn't. It's remarkable to me that it's happened so quickly, and I think we're still trying to distill down how. I mean, obviously, there's a schematic element to it, but, man, it, it's like they left Evanston even. It's like a, a totally different operation. Yeah, they, that was nine days ago. Northwestern was nine days ago. It feels like it's a completely different team uh, ever since. Then. I, I want to get into that um, here in, in a second here, Joey. 11 fouls, too. Just 11 fouls tonight. Compare that to Northwestern. I know you had to follow a bunch at the at the end, but Northwestern was twenty five to thirty something. I it, it was ridiculous, right? So uh, not giving up free throws uh, a lot tonight. Ten of thirteen for Michigan State, Illinois fifteen of eighteen. Starting to get a free throw advantage. It's a really really good thing. All Speaking right. of hold on real quick. Speaking of fouls, Dane Danger drew five fouls. He was four or five on his free throws. That's a stark difference from what we've seen. Terrence he should Shannon, be a good free throw shooter. He's he, like he was a good nice. free throw shooter in high school. Yeah, yeah, and Terrence, Terrence Shannon Jr. drew four fouls. Coleman Hawkins, three. I mean, that's a lot of fouls to, to plan on people, and Illinois was in the double bonus uh, at a really critical time, kind of, I don't know, late midway through that second half that it's important. And so, yeah, we, we've seen it go completely the other way. Uh, and to your point, Northwestern was a, a pretty glaring um, example of that. 
Yeah, they made uh, some clutch free throws. Meyer, Hawkins, who didn't have a great start to this game, made a big three, did that, got eight boards, much better in the second half uh, for Coleman Hawkins, a big putback uh, late in that game. Of course, Jade Knapps, uh, that, that veteran drive with a minute to go was, was monstrous. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, all right, let's bring up the big topic here, Joey. Uh, I asked Tom Izzo. It's always good. To, I mean, he's great in post games. He's got great insight. Uh, but I asked him a little bit about, you know, what he thinks of how Brad's put this team together. It's a lot different than what Tom does, uh, and what he thinks of how this team's coalesced here recently. And he said, I think it was addition by subtraction. And that's referring to Sky Clark. He said, I'm not taking a shot at the kid, but they have clearly done something different uh, and been different. And I've had that in my past where you lose a guy and all of a sudden something sparks a team uh, and you followed up and, and got a great quote from him. And he just said, something's changed. Something's changed. He doesn't know what it is. I asked Brad uh, if he, what he feels about Tom's comments. He said, that's the outsider's perspective. He seemed to say, no, we don't, we, we love Sky. We're, we're here for him. Uh, through this tough time of, of whatever he's going through personally that we don't know. Um, but Brad said maybe it is true because these guys are just getting more playing time and, you know, maybe a little bit more comfortable. That's what I think it is. I, I think there's a team that has clearly more defined roles. Uh, they know what their playing time is going to be. They know what their role is going to be. Uh, and to be honest with you, Sky Clark wasn't playing well, right? He, he wasn't playing well and wasn't giving you much. So you, you take that out of it, and maybe now you're just getting a little bit more clearly defined roles and I think it just gave him a little bit more urgency than you know along with an 0-3 start that oh we just lost a, a player we thought was gonna be very good for us we're 0-3 we better buy in to, to whatever coach is saying we got to do but Brad said it was coming I don't know how much we believe him but what did you make of all that I think the the schematic changes w- would be like what I would describe as the majority of uh, of the reason for this they, they look like a different team in the half court, the five out was a disaster. There was no structure. It's hard to expect structure out of a team that you would put together in the off season to run that kind of five out system. I was talking to uh, someone before the game. I, I can't even remember who it was. Some, just a, another media person. And I said, it, it is kind of hard to ignore. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's the thing. Sky leaves. So, they win three in a row. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but you, it's, it's, it could be nothing Yeah. and it could be something. Like, I don't know. Like, and, and I, I don't think I, I don't think it's nothing. I, I do think I do think the schematic changes are bigger, and I think that takes time to get comfortable with, to implement, to run well. Uh, but then also, I think there's the urgency of you lose a player, and a team can rally around that, whether it's positive or net. Like it can go negative, but also can rally a team positively. Uh, you know, when the world is against them, right? Everyone's kind of talking. 
we're sitting here criticizing them as we should after an 0-3 start. They're not they're not living up to their potential. Then this happens. It's like, all right, that, none of that matters. Let's play basketball. Uh, but then also Sky just wasn't playing all that well, and, and maybe now more of those minutes go to Jaden Epps, who's playing really well. Dane Danger. I mean, they inserted him in the starting lineup. I, was that Wisconsin? I'd have to go back and look to see if that was – I don't think it was With Northwest. With Cookman, right? Is that right? We were in Tampa. That, that yeah. game didn't happen in my eyes. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's a big one. Like you mentioned his defense and his his drop coverage, and he, obviously offensively, he's he's had those moments. I don't know. I, I do feel a little weird. Like when when we, you have to point to right. You have to point to Sky Clark left X day. Illinois won X number of games following. The other part, I do feel a little weird because we, like it's there's some story we're not. I don't know. Like, I feel weird to go all the way in on that, but I, I do think you can't ignore it and you can't look past it. And and maybe it's, it's not a matter of Sky was an issue. It's just a matter of, like you said, and like Brad said, there's clarity, there's roles, there's minutes, there's there's all these things. And, and to your point earlier about rallying around, like Brad Underwood is a master at telling his team that everybody hates them, that they're not going to do this or that. And, and everybody's saying you're terrible and whatever, like, at some point, you'll see something come out, right? Like something's going to show up that Brad said there's going to be some rallying cry that they've been using we've not known. It, it just kind of seems like the way this goes. Uh, but, like, I, I just think there's probably a lot of factors rather than just X players out, X wins happen. Uh, but you can't ignore it either. Yeah. All right, so this team has won three in a row. They're now three and three in the Big Ten, Joey. And if this team – is going to be a Big Ten contender. You have to make a run. I talked about it on the podcast with Isaac Trotter and uh, Trevor Valise this morning that they thought Rutgers and Illinois are the most likely to challenge Purdue because Purdue's the most consistent team with the most dominant player in the conference. Uh, their point guards have really stepped up. I can see that team winning 14, 15 Big Ten games, right? So for Illinois to do that, starting 0-3, you have to go on a real run here uh, very shortly. But I think now... Um, is the time for Illinois to do that because the schedule shakes up pretty well for them still, uh, despite, you know, kind of screwing the chance here against Northwestern on the road, Penn State, right? Um, they had the chance to, to go get that one uh, at home and you weren't able to get it. Um, so I think this is a big opportunity for Illinois because now you got at Minnesota, uh, at Minnesota on Monday. And I know, they just beat Ohio State at home, but you got Indiana at home that's reeling. Ohio State at home that's reeling. On the road at Wisconsin is not going to be easy, but then home against Nebraska at Iowa, not easy. Home against Minnesota. This next stretch of games feels like you have a chance to make a run. If you play like the way you are, I think this team in two or three weeks, if they continue to do this consistently, we could see them near the top of the standings after starting 0-3. Yeah, it's, I feel still – that feels – unfathomable to say after the bad basketball that we had watched. Uh, Ken Palm isn't the end all. You got Ken Palm pulled up. Perfect. Yep. Uh, Ken Palm isn't the end all be all, but see the Wisconsin game on the 28th, basically just, just to like, cause we were looking at this before and just to give people who maybe aren't a thousand percent familiar and you can read it here. Generally, unless it's a really bad team like Minnesota, Ken Palm pretty much goes, we're going to predict home wins and away losses like that. That's, kind of a simple term to break it down, but it, it bears out here. But Again, basically it lines up with Vegas. Like most of his right, numbers yeah. line up with Vegas. Right? But Wisconsin flipped this game. I mean, Wisconsin with a project, projected loss before the Ken Palm. 
I've got screenshots we can get into in a minute, Jeremy, but the Ken Palm changes uh, just from before, I think I took a screenshot before Wisconsin to now. It's pretty glaring. Could you scroll up real quick on, on the yeah. miscellaneous stats here? Uh, so I have, I am first time, long time here, so I didn't take the, like the overall team. So Illinois and Ken Palm is ranked 21. Uh, so I, I didn't take it before, like their overall before Wisconsin. But prior to Wisconsin, the offensive efficiency right now is what, Jeremy? 36? 38th. 38th. Prior to Wisconsin, 61. Defense efficiency was 33 before Wisconsin. That, that kind of checks out. But if you go from since that Wisconsin game from 61 to 38, that is fewer than nine. That's a week, right? Yeah. They, they were like – I'm looking at the conference only. They were like 11th or 12th in offensive efficiency after that Northwestern game. Now they're sixth um, in, in the conference. Before the uh, Nebraska game, Jeremy, they were 34th, uh, the 34th ranked team, according to Ken Palm, and, and they've shot up. So you're seeing like those analytics, and they're not for everybody, and there's a lot you can you know, go into, but they're 21 now. Yeah. Like you're, so, so everything we see is kind of bearing you know, proof analytically that, that this is getting better. That's why I think the schematic changes are, are such a big part of that. Yeah, they'll be ranked next week. They should be. Right. Uh, they, they should be back in the rankings, given the wins that they have. We'll see what the net is when we wake up in the morning, but they'll probably be top 25 in the net because there's this is a nice win. There's a quad two win, but they just continue to climb up here. Uh, I think they were 25 coming into this game, so they'll be a, a little bit higher into that. But this is a time to make the run because you have home games against some of the tougher opponents that you have. You're on the road at Minnesota. Listen, Wisconsin. It's tough to win at Kohl Center. hasn't been as tough here recently for Illinois, but uh, that's obviously a tough game. But if you win five of these next seven, you're going to be in that race. But if you can reel off six in a row, then you're legitimately uh, in in this Big Ten race. Because I I don't think Purdue is dominant, um, and I think they're going to lose some games here in the Big Ten. But just a real chance whether it's a Big Ten title you're contending for or a top four seed in the Big Ten tournament or, you know, a top five seed in the NCAA tournament. This this is a time that you can really do that. And I do this all the time. I do this all the time, Joey. This is what Brad Underwood does. Mid-January, January, usually they turn this thing around and they make a big run. I'm going through all these, uh, these past couple years of Illinois basketball and Ken Palm right now, like, see a lot of green in, in January through March. This is when they make their runs. Yeah, and I know Derek Piper uh, has been on this, and I think largely all of us have, that when things were rocky, and, and rocky is probably a generous term, they're late in December, it's like, okay, but hold on. Like, you see this is back-to-back. I think it was a COVID year, Jeremy. Is that right? Back-to-back Ohio State and Maryland losses yep. at home, and it was like, oh, my God, what's happening? This team, no, oh boy, it's, it's falling apart, and it didn't. And they went on that run. In January, so I, I do think that's—I don't want to say pl- like likely, but it's definitely something you have to take into consideration. And the way they're playing, you can see the way this lines up. They're also only two games out of first place in the Big Ten. <laughs> like two games. A week ago, it's a disaster. They're two games out of first place, and they're one game out of second place. Like everyone other than Purdue has at least two losses, and there are Michigan State, Rutgers, Northwestern, Wisconsin, Michigan are the teams ahead of Illinois with two losses in the Big Ten. So there's still – a Big Ten championship, okay, great. To me, like right now, just climb your way into that double bye. 
uh, in the Big Ten tournament. Be a top four team. Top four team in the Big Ten, you're going to the seeding in the NCAA tournament is going to take care of itself. But the, they're climbing out. I think I don't know if they had have they climbed out of this the hole. I mean, they're five hundred. Yeah, um, I still think you're you're going to regret those. I think. Oh yeah. If you, if you were if you were four and two right now, I think you'd definitely be like you're sitting there being like, yes, Illinois can catch Purdue. They 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 can be the best team because they're the most talented team. They're the most talented team in the Big Ten. Purdue's got the most dominant player. Um, now, can can those other freshman guards keep it up? Like they have to do it, but hey, they've they've done it. And Matt Painter's a a heck of a coach. Uh, but so you're going to regret those because I feel like you could be five. You should be five and one right now. Uh, Maryland's a tough one to start off. I know Maryland has not kept it up, but I still believe in Illinois and Iowa. I, I still think those two teams can really push Purdue in this race. I think Rutgers is a really good team. I think Michigan State's a really solid team. Uh, I don't believe in Northwestern keeping this up. So I, I think it's going to come down to those teams. Ohio State's still got a chance because they're talented. But, yeah, I think Illinois, you should feel like, okay, they're hitting their stride. I, I think the, the holiday swoon is behind them. I think it's a really good basketball team. It's going to be a no-doubt NCAA tournament team. It's going to be a team that I I think most teams and coaches on the schedule are not going to love seeing on their schedule coming up. I think it's a team in the NCAA tournament, once they get there, uh, it's going to be a tough matchup because they're versatile. They can do it different ways. And and Tom Izzo said that today. They can beat you big. They can beat you small. They they could beat you big because of Kofi Coburn, but they were just very small last year. And and just seeing Matthew Meyer, Coleman Hawkins, Dane Danger, Terrence Shannon on the court – they're just so much longer, so much more athletic. Uh, and when they hit shots, you know, even six of 18 from three tonight, uh, and they get to the free throw line like they did tonight, like just a really difficult team to cover, man. It's a really tough, difficult team uh, matchup-wise. They're going to lose some, but they, they shouldn't lose games like they did against Northwestern and Penn State. Yeah, I agree with that. And the length, I know Piper said it from Nebraska. It's it's pretty jarring when you talk to these guys. Like you're, you're one-to-one with them and – this is a really long team. I mean, like, it's the thing that really, like, kind of painted that, tonight Matt Meyer was talking about Dane Danger. He's like, yeah, we're the same height. I have a six – I don't want to misquote his wingspan, six seven, six eight, you know, whatever the case is. He goes, Dane Danger's got, like, a seven six wingspan. <laughs> like, that is exceptionally long uh, as a basketball player. But yeah, I mean, just talent generally wins out, right? I mean, just generally If they're well-coached. Yeah, yeah, and Brad Underwood, I, he's got a track record of being a good basketball coach. He's pretty, he's a good coach. He's a good coach. <laughs> he's a good basketball coach. That I, I cannot be up for debate. I, I do think at some point I would like to do some sort of deep dive and like in some off season, like what the what in the world goes on in late December? Like, okay, I get it. Finals. Everybody has finals. Like, why is this such a wreck in late December? And how can Brad Underwood get bragging rights in like the middle of February? Yeah. Uh, just uh, just poor timing on his part or he just maybe just doesn't plan well for what his team's going to be uh in, in the offseason but then once the season comes man it's just uh everything clicks for him. this team is 11th in the country in block percentage uh the highest they've ever been before this was um 2020 they were 257th under brad underwood that that's the that's the, the previous high they've ever been they've doubled their block percentage I am now looking up – I'm going to go back, Joey, and look up blocks they have this year compared to last year. But, like, 10 blocks tonight. They didn't have one 10-block game all of last season. That's the third double-digit block game they've had this season. 
And it's not just it's not just a dominant post guy just swatting everything away. It comes from everywhere. Like those chase down blocks. Matt Meyer's been really good at the rim, uh, blocking shots. He had six blocks tonight. One of them came, I think, on a jump shot, but he had a chase down block that gets things going. Now the problem for Illinois tonight in times was Michigan State just kind of got those offensive rebounds on some of those blocks. But I would what is I'm curious what their block number is right now because this might sound stupid, but it's got to be flirting with last year's number. They had 99 blocks all of last season, okay? Oh, man, this is pins and needles here. This season, 106 already. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, They've what, already topped their block total from last Do you year. have the, the breakdown? Like, who, who leads? What's the leading? I could look all this up. Like I don't have the internet. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, they, they have a battle. I mean, Dane's got, a, I think, a sizable – no, not a sizable lead. They have three players with 20 blocks. Ooh. Dane Danger, 26. Matthew Meyer, 23. Coleman Hawkins, 20. I mean, they got three of the best shot blockers in the Big Ten right now. Uh, compared to last year, they had two guys with 20. Omar Payne, 24. Kofi Coburn, 27. Dane almost has topped Kofi from last year. And I would say what's amazing about Dane is he doesn't really hunt block shots Kofi hunted them right and I thought he was bad defensively when he did that because he would give up a bunch of offensive rebounds because he took himself out of the play uh, Omar Payne would do the same thing uh, Dane does not take himself out of the play I do think sometimes they took themselves out of the play tonight and some of those offensive rebounds but Brad said you, as guards when you got guys that can go block shots you need to dig and you need to get your your nose bloody a little bit and just put a body on somebody make it a lot more difficult for them so young guards especially uh, that's not a surprise with guys like Jade Knapp, sincere harris and all that can i put the blocked in big 10 perspective here yeah dane danger is fifth in the big 10 with his 26 blocks uh matthew meyer is ninth in the big 10 with 23 blocks coleman hawkins is 11th in the big 10 with 20 three of the top 11 shot blockers in the big 10 play for illinois it's amazing what length does man that's why Brad Underwood – and this isn't like – and I think it's, it's also important to, to note, like Brad Underwood tried to address this in the 21 class with Goody and Melendez. He, he knew that was something. You should kind of slowly start stacking that length on you know, on top of one another, and that's – you're starting to see – that's just what basketball is, right? I mean, not always going to have big guards, but you got to have big wings and long wings, and that's what, that's what Illinois is building to. Yeah, I mean, even guys like – Terrence Shannon, eight blocks. R.J. Melendez, eight blocks. And Sir Harris, seven blocks, right? Like, you got some some guards uh, that can do this as well. All right, let's take a few comments before we get out of here. If you want to, uh, we'll scroll through some of these comments if you want to leave one, and we can comment on it. Uh, St. Dominic, I have to apologize. I thought Brad lost his team. I underestimated Brad. He's a good coach and knows more than I do. I'm not seeing fire Brad Underwood on here like I did uh, nine days ago, Joe. I miss that. I miss that. Yeah. Oh wow! Oh my good lord, that's not that's not it. But look, let's also though, it was fair to be concerned about this team post Missouri, post Northwestern. Like the, there were there were some pretty significant warning signs, right, and concern yeah. signs. Like Firebrad Underwood's way over the top. But like concern the, was more than fair and justified. As as Piper wrote, the vibes were off. That has now changed. And kudos to Brad Underwood and the players for doing that. Bobo the clown. When was the last time ever Illinois football, men's basketball, women's basketball was all ranked in the same year? That'd be 2000, right? I think. Because 2000. And... No, I don't know if 2000 the football was because that was a five and seven year. 
I think they were ranked early because they had just gone to the Micron PC Bowl, and I think they got off to a good start. But women's basketball, men's basketball were definitely ranked in 2000. So I would imagine uh, it was those. Um, but, yeah, it's Josh Whitman's got to feel pretty good right now. Going to have a, a ranked women's basketball team, ranked men's team. Your, your football team just had its best season in 15 years. Pretty good time for him. Not bad, huh? <laughs> That's – it's usually, I mean, it's, yeah, man, it's, those were pretty good hires. You got two of them right on the second time around. Uh, Matt asked, did you see uh, what Matt Meyer said in the post-game handshake to, to Brad Underwood? I don't think he means in the post-game handshake. I think it's the post-game interview. I didn't hear oh. exactly. I just saw Brad made some sort of face. I didn't hear exactly what Matt said. I think he said, uh, I'll say, he said something about Matthew being responsible tonight. Which is what he said. I mean, Matthew Meyer just had a big game on a college campus. Uh, he's a 22 year old, 23, 24, isn't he? Some of these guys are old. Yeah, it's it's not it's not old like Jake Grandison, Demonte Williams, Trent Frazier old, but it's kind of kind of he small is. dudes on here. I think he's older. He is. He is. But it's <laughs> it's not like the widespread uh, old, oldness that was. Yeah. Uh, Nick is Matt Meyer on fast track to join the Underwood Players Podium? Yes. Quote Mount Rushmore. Oh, he has fantastic. been. He always has been. It's just he said things that ruffled feathers. Yes. Right? Like he that he was a great for us to do our job. He was an awesome quote after Alabama AM. It was just kind of a, a mess. So Underwood era, it would be Io. Kofi. Andre I mean, Curbello. Curbello is definitely on my list. I was gonna wait for that one because people won't like that. Curbello is great. Georgie, I don't know if he's on it. There were times it was awesome. There were times it wasn't. There were times you wanted it just to be like maybe less awesome too. It's like, can, we, can you answer my question? <laughs> yeah, no, and that's not a knock on Georgia. He was a super fun dude to cover, oh, fun awesome, dude yeah. uh, to interview. Myers climbing. I thought Adam Miller was an awesome quote too. Yeah. No, last year's team was Sky Clark was an. No, he is an awesome quote. Uh, Ty mm-hmm. Rod, like this is a pretty good quote team. Not to put all these guys on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. So we got to pick four real quick. Do you want to pick a quick four? I'd have Iowa and Kofi, Curbelo. My, I need more volume from Meyer, I think. Yeah. But uh, he's he's on his way. He's on his way. That's for sure. Yeah. Am I, am I missing anyone? Thinking I mean, early... I loved Andres Felice talking to him. But him and Palmer were both really good. But it'd be Georgie or Meyer. Coleman's pretty good. Ah. <sighs> Dang it. <laughs> Coleman says stuff. Coleman says stuff. He certainly says stuff. Some of you guys may roll your eyes, but for us, it's like, ah, that's pretty good stuff. Nate, any word on the sincere injury? Take it, Joey. Yeah, Underwood said he has a bruise. I watched him pretty intently. Uh, he got helped to the locker, helped off the floor by Adam Fletcher and uh, Paul Schmidt, went to the locker room, came back on a bike. He's moving, I'd say, gingerly. Uh, as he rode the bike and, and went to and from the bike, he did at one point go to the scores table to check in. Uh, there was a timeout called. Maybe that's enough time for Jaden Epps to get his yeah. just his breath a little bit for that closing stretch. But the fact I think that he went to the scores table is either gamesmanship or a good sign. But the fact that he was back out on a bike and not in the locker room getting pictures taken of his leg, it seems yeah. pretty good. Nate brings up, don't overlook Epps' play today was attacking at the right times. That that take with 40-something seconds left, that was such a vet move. Uh, and, and that's just stuff you can't teach. It's 3 of 10 tonight for seven points. But the, the impressive part, Joey, for me, was against bigger defenders. I know Walker was on him sometimes, and Walker's not very big. But five assists to zero turnovers. 
Um, he's taken care of the ball pretty dang well for most of the season, but he's had some turnover games here recently. I think he had four against Wisconsin, um, but five and, and nothing uh, turnover-wise was was really impressive for him. And then he, he can make big shots. He ain't afraid. I, I've seen some other comments in here that he's going to be awesome as a junior, senior. I've said it before. He's going to lead this team in scoring, and it, it probably will be next year. I, I think he's probably going to lead the team in scoring next year because Meyer will be gone, Hawkins will be gone, Shannon will be gone. Epps is your, your go-to scorer. Um, he's going to score a lot of points in an Illinois uniform. Yeah, next year's tough. We just got to see how the portal plays out, right? Yeah. But he, he can get buckets, man. He's confident. He's really, really confident in his ability. to. There were a couple takes to the rim today that didn't work out in a pretty big way, but he was aggressive in getting down there and getting the – yeah, man, I think next year could be a definitely junior season. Ryan said, Izzo is an old curmudgeon. A great quote. I love talking to Izzo. He says stuff. Like, and he's not afraid. To, hey, he wears it on his sleeve, man. I, I know you don't like him. He wins a lot of games. But, hey, Brad Underwood now 4-4 four and four against Tom Izzo. And Illinois went three straight against Michigan State. I, I think that says a lot about your program. Um, any date on Goody, Tyler said. We have not gotten a clear date, right, it does. No, we haven't. It does sound like this month he's he's on with Piper and Tay, uh, Lante on Fridays. Sounds like he's getting there. There's a doctor's appointment this week. Brad Underwood was asked about it yesterday. Uh, didn't have an update. We'll ask him on Sunday when we talk to him ahead of Minnesota. But he's getting there. I, I mean, Goody said himself on Twitter this month that you don't always want to take Twitter athletes as gospel, but he, he's getting pretty close. Uh, Scott asks, who on our bench said what to get the tea? I was somewhere else in the arena, Joey, working on something, and I'll have it on the site later. Um so I, you were there. I, I don't know. It wasn't Underwood. Uh, I, I didn't. He, it wasn't Underwood. It was an assistant. I heard it was Tim. Uh, but I, I watched. I didn't hear anything. We're, we're sitting right there. I was on the floor tonight. Didn't hear anything. Went back and watched YouTube TV. Is actually delightfully a little bit behind when you're in person, which is perfect. I saw him. I, it looked like he stomped, but I didn't. I, I didn't see anything that was like, oh yeah, that guy definitely deserved a tee. Uh, Michigan State's been shot one too, but I, I I think it was Tim Anderson, but it was definitely an assistant. Nick asked, best crowd since? Iowa clincher. Yeah, it was the best crowd this year, and, and it wasn't even as good as it can be because the crush wasn't around us, right? Like, they, they weren't all there. It was a break game still. But it, it was the first game in a while, Joey, that it felt like the crowd wasn't um, asleep. Not, not asleep, but, it, like, there was that feeling back of, like, something bad's going to happen. Right, oh, like sure, that's a good it, point. It, it felt like that you know that they didn't believe in this team. Now, like you, they knew this was a big game, they knew that their team had it in the last couple of games. That it was starting to coalesce um, in, in the way, obviously their their guys were playing tonight in the second half. But it, it felt like there was more belief in the crowd. There was less, I guess, huffing when something bad would happen because the team's playing better. That you don't you don't have as many moments of you know guys breaking off and doing their own offense. And and even if Meyer did it a few times, it was like good they need it right now yeah it's also a really intelligent crowd in the sense of like they know the moments Mm -hmm. to get loud and and we have noticed the orange crush kind of helps usher those moments to to the rest of the attention but they they were really alert tonight as to which moments they needed to get behind it was a great crowd it was a really really good crowd iowa comes to mind the the clincher against iowa maybe that's the court storm in my mind And, and then the arizona game in 21 like that was a really good crowd too but definitely the best since iowa all right that'll do it for us here on the online inquirer podcast huge win for illinois as they improve to 12 and 5 on the season three and three in big 10 
I feel like they're just like one win off of where I thought they'd be. Like, you know, there's some ups and downs, um, but I feel like you asked, are they caught up? Have they got out of the hole? I still feel like they're one away victory away or, or a big home victory away from that, but certainly feel much better about this team, Joey. Like this, this is the team they're capable of being. Yeah, they probably got to steal one that you would go into it thinking they're not going to win, right? Was that fair? Like you steal steal the Iowa game at Iowa, Wisconsin you, too. Wisconsin, Wisconsin. On the road. Yeah. you steal Wisconsin on the road, you probably are are back to square one. I guess maybe we're moving the goalposts. I don't know. I mean, they're they're in the they're in the fight, right? Like this could have turned a long, way different way nine days ago. Uh, they're, they're in the hunt of this thing. You got to take one. You're not supposed to win. Uh, I don't still feels weird with the talent that this team's quote, not supposed to win one. Uh, but you probably got to go pull, pull a road upset somewhere. All right. Thank you all for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow rating review wherever you get your podcast. Shout out to all our live YouTube listeners. More than 400 this late at night, 1210. We're recording this right now. Shout out to all you guys. We really appreciate you. Uh, and all the people we've met at the bowl game. I saw some people in the hallway today. Uh, thanks for, for coming up and saying, hey, it's great to meet all you guys in, in person. Uh, but if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. We appreciate you guys. That really helps us out. And check out all our content at Illini Enquirer. I don't know if Derek's healthy enough to do player grades, so I, I got to ask him if I got to do that. But I'm going to have a story on the Baylor transfers. Joey, you're going to have a, a big story on Tom Izzo's comments and just a little bit about how, how much this team has changed, right? Yeah, it's a big picture. I mean, a lot's changed in nine days, man. A lot has changed. All right, everybody have a great night. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.